Hello and welcome to the Drunken Spear Tabletop Gaming Tavern Tales. Today, I'm sitting with Dalton and Cam, and we're going to dive into our D&D homebrew rules and some of the mechanics that we've set up on our own and talk about how you can kind of incorporate them into your game and um, maybe even talk about our campaign that we're into right now where um, Cam is our DM, which he does a magnificent job. Thanks, man. Magnificent job. He has become a far greater DM than I could probably ever be. The way he incorporates stuff, he has a way of making things feel very alive. So, it's just a lot of planning, man. Yep, and you do a phenomenal job. When I'm sitting here looking at your DM screen, uh, item costs, you have it all up there. That's awesome. So I find myself scrambling sometimes for costs of items, and it, it, it's very, uh, it can be very, very daunting because it's like, I, in my mind, I'm like, man, am I charging them too much? I'm not really sure. We, we had this discussion earlier where my yeah. prices are high, but I do give out a lot of gold. But my prices are pretty high. I like your prices. I'm going to steal things from your uh, oh, DM screen. So one thing that we wanted to talk about was the lock picking. The lock picking. And I feel like we've had this conversation <laughs> <Yes>. before. <laughs> Funny uh, inside joke is we started recording this and I didn't hit the record button. So nothing got recorded and cam is looking over <laughs> to make sure it's on now and it is we are live uh sorta this will be uploaded later but uh, give us some insight on your your lock picking and, and how you do that with the tumblr system so it was really inspired by uh oblivion and how you would pick each individual tumbler in oblivion i think there's a couple other games i remember playing where you had to pick the individual tumblers and it just really kind of inspired me you know and that lets you control instead of just setting a super high dc for a door or a chest it can be a super low dc but you've got three separate tumblers that yeah need. and maybe they roll a nat one break your lock pick and their lock pick tips jammed in there so you can't even bother to pick it or whatever yeah and that's awesome i, I remember the the first time that i picked a lock and and i think one of the first times that we incorporated, or you incorporated that, my uh, rogue was a little bit higher level. So I had like a, a plus, I think it was like a plus, plus 12 to yeah, a lot yeah. of my lock picking stats. And I was able to, to get a few very difficult locks. Um, it makes it a lot of fun. You, you feel it. You, you feel the pressure. You, you pick that first tumbler and it falls into place. And then you know you get you, you feel it. You're feeling around inside there and you can feel the second tumbler. And, and the interesting part is, is I have a friend of mine who is, he went to locksmithing school. And, you know, that's that's how that works. You got to feel the feel the tumblers in there and feel which one feels like it's 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 pliable and able to move and and he tried to explain that to me and I actually had him come over to the house because I bet him money that he could not pick my gun safe and sure as shit he came over here and picked my gun safe and got right into it and I'm like holy shit that is crazy so 
the way he described it, it, it just the, the lock picking, and especially with the locks in D and D, you know, without the magic, if you don't have any kind of magic enchantment, yeah. um, it seems to uh, it feels very realistic, and you can feel that pressure because it's like I'm not supposed to be doing this. What am I if I'm going to get caught? And it, it makes it a lot of fun. I, I enjoy that thoroughly. The lock picking with the tumblers. Do you have any advice for people that are going to put that into their game? Uh, just don't go. And I feel like I just said this. Uh, don't go overboard with uh, setting your DC too high on each tumbler or having too many tumblers. You know, if you really don't want somebody to, to get in there, just set one of your, you know what I mean? You yeah. Just, you can control that as the DM. If you don't want somebody to get it in, you can make one of those tumblers 30. Right. You don't have to give them 16 tumblers to the point where they just get tired and give up. Yeah. Yep, it makes sense, you know. You, you don't want them in there. I think breaking their lock picks is probably a really good method to doing that. You, know, you snap a lock pick. You snap a lock pick. And I think yeah. after a couple of them, you'd probably, if you've got more than one, and you might get the hint. I, I think the, the, thieves cool does, or the Thieves' Kit or tools don't really specify how many to, how many uh, lock picks they have. Yeah. But I assume it can't be more than one or two. Right, exactly. That's what you would think. Um, very, very, very interesting. Um, you know, and then when your thieves tools break and stuff and you have those, uh, unfortunate incidences, uh, mending is a very good, uh, cantrip. It's a cantrip, right? Yeah. Yep. Cantrip to have. Um, do we have anybody that has mending? Yeah, Kai does. Kai does. I thought Kai had mending, but I wasn't 100% sure. Yeah, I didn't know if he had kept the same cantrips. Yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, did Citrus take any new spells or change anything up? No. Huh. So nothing's changed with Citrus from the first time, from the not, first time we played. Yeah, not really. That's awesome. So what we did is we revamped our characters to play the recorded campaign. We had played a little bit of this before we were recording, and. Uh, now that we've started recording, we, we went ahead and we restarted it. And I think everybody's pretty much kept the same yeah, the same stuff. Yeah, I don't think yeah. anybody changed anything. Uh, yeah, too major. Except for me, because we were level 5 and we yeah. first had spells. I had to remember what I had at <laughs> lower levels. One. But yeah, I did look up these tools. It does say a set of lockpicks, but, you know... I'd say Not a set. accurate number. I'd say a set probably contained at least two. Yeah. Because yeah. you got to, th- you know, you would have one, and then you would have, like, another to use. Yeah. I yeah. I, like, a rake and a pick, I think, is what I remember when, when uh, my buddy was telling me how to pick locks. He gave me a thing. He, he, he forged them himself and made them. He gave me a set of those, and he gave me a lock to practice with, and I just I couldn't do it. Uh, and he had a rake. There's different kinds of rakes. Um, it, it's pretty in depth. I literally he'd get people in their cars. Um, very smart guy. Probably one of the most smartest individuals I've ever met in my whole life. Just he's just super intelligent. Um, the shit he could do. And when his hands became idle, he was known to get in some trouble, too. <laughs> I remember when I worked security with him, he uh, he got real bored because he was working third shift. And he 
changed all, all of the place that we worked. They had cameras all over the place. And he had changed one night the cameras to where they were optimal functioning and they were in their pans. Like they had rotations that they were doing. And before these cameras just sat stationary in one direction, they wasn't looking around or nothing. And when we'd go to look for things, like when, when there would be an issue, somebody would break a piece of equipment and we'd go to review the film, there would be, uh, we wouldn't be able to catch it. Well, this way, the, uh, the cameras, man, they, they swept and they caught a lot of different stuff. And he had all them programmed to where every camera that could do it, he had it programmed. He went in there and programmed it. Well, the, uh, in my opinion, the boss uh, didn't like that too well because I think it made him look bad. And he actually wrote him up for that, and he got in all kinds of trouble. But the dude's super smart. And when it comes to lockpicking, man, he, that's no exception. Like I said, he got into my gun safe. But uh, what do you guys think? What is the best method for travel? What is your opinions on travel? If you take my DMing uh, and Cam's DMing and the way we do travel, the way I do travel, it, it's been something that's kind of stumped me quite a bit. Travel I find very difficult. What do you guys think about travel? I mean... It's hard. You want to keep people entertained, but you don't want to drag out half a session with your trap. But sometimes there's moments that you have it like at random encounter that's that sticks with everybody. Yeah. So I, I mean, it's hard. You don't want every travel encounter to be combat either, because it right. gets old. Gets old, and one of those things too, like like in our campaign, you're traveling for for months, like like. The ones uh, when you're in Memora, you travel for months. It takes a long time to get across this massive continent. And, I mean, you're just in one corner of the world. There's still a whole world to explore. And traveling was always really tough for me. Um, I kind of felt like that I needed to make the distance there because you don't want things to seem like they're super close. Because you don't want it to feel small. You want it to feel very large on the grand scale. Kind of similar to the world today. But what do you think, Dalton? I mean, depends on the setting that you're trying to fulfill for the story, I guess. Right. If you're just, you know, in one corner of the world and, and I guess... How do you feel about random encounters? So, like, one of the things I like to do is throw in at least one random encounter per journey, and sometimes I forget to do it, but just, like, some off-the-wall crazy stuff that you might find, you know, have, like, a table you can roll. That that can sometimes help. What do you guys think about having a random encounter every time you travel? I think it just depends on what it is. I mean, yeah, as long as it doesn't not the same thing all the time. Because yeah, like we got a couple of packs <coughs> of cards that are like random encounters or random stuff. And yeah, you could just draw from. But the thing with that is, if it's an area that you're traveling through a lot, is it yeah. really going to make sense? Yeah. yeah. Say with that, probably just like every so often, if you're going back and forth. Yeah. Like I uh. I pulled a card about a group of a grouping of like stone columns, and there was like a sacrificial rock in the center, 
And that's like all the listing that the card gave me. And I read that off to you guys, and you guys were all like, like, oh, this is some fucking important. I remember Joey being like, this place is important. Like, he's telling us about this for a reason. And I'm like, I I just pulled a card, but now I need to keep... (laughs) I, I need to keep <laughs> this card now so that I don't yeah. forget. Yeah. Because, like, you'll be traveling through this area pretty commonly. If I just forget and yeah. six so months was... down the line, you guys are like, hey, what's that stone thing? I'm like, what fucking stone thing? There ain't no fucking stone there. <laughs> yeah. So that was from the last campaign <coughs> yeah. for this campaign, but last the first time you time, ran it. Yeah. Okay. Because I still have that card sitting <laughs> out specifically in my yeah. notes somewhere. It'll be like. This is important. And it wasn't important because the DM made it important. It was because the players made it important. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. See, I didn't realize that. Yeah. That is hilarious. There's yeah. been a lot of stuff like that <laughs> where I'm just like, it's just some random bullshit. And you guys are like, yo, this is important. <laughs> You're all like, I'm like, important block look over here. And you guys are all like, oh, yeah, but random guy over here. <laughs> <laughs> Like you said that he was wearing a red cloak and everybody else was wearing blue. That means something. Right? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, there there's definitely definitely some interesting uh encounters to throw at your players. There's definitely ones that you don't want to throw at your players. Um that's funny. See, I didn't realize cuz I just assumed cuz I was playing in that too. I just assumed that uh that stone area was very important. There was nope. something down there. That's that's hilarious. Nope, never existed until <coughs> I drew that card, and you guys were like, "What is this?" Oh, what is it? So did the card, and that's all the description the card gave. That's the card didn't give nothing else. Nope. Did you have any make up any plans for it? I do have something. Ah, for it. You can't tell A- us after you guys latched onto <laughs> it. I was like, "All right, we'll circle back to that at some point." Yeah. In time. And is that still current in, t- in it, the one it, we're playing it now? It is. It's written in. Gotcha. When you guys get to that area, you'll walk past it. And oh, that'll be yeah. fun. Fun and exciting. Yeah. Anyone have any other advice for players? <laughs> oh, God, that's a tough one. It is a tough one. There's so much to cover, yet nothing comes to mind. No, it, it's it's really just about, you, you got to, the big thing for me is D&D, when I first started playing it back in 2019, uh, my imagination, I had one, but it wasn't, I couldn't picture things. Things had to be painted for me. Yeah, we've talked about that. Yeah. And um, after playing, I realized, I started to open up and I can picture things now. And, and and people will tell me stories, and I'm just playing it. And it's from playing D&D so much and just visualizing it. And it's uh, it sounds silly because I think a lot of people have that ability, and that's why they enjoy to read. I never did. And people can say things. I can read something, uh, and I can visualize it, and it just makes it extremely funny or hilarious or, or more impactful just being able to visualize it. So if you're worried about playing D&D because you don't have the imagination – Do not, do not let that stop you because I promise you that if you play the game and put effort forth, the imagination will come back to you. You'll you'll feel like a kid again and you'll be able to picture all that stuff and it's it's just exciting. Yeah. Say, I'm about the opposite for some stuff that I 
may visualize a scene, but then I have to, you know, narratively write it out. Yeah. So, in terms of my stuff, I just make, like, short stories. So, just here and there, like, what happens here. But with that, you got to know your characters. So, your either just your characters or NPCs, how they act, would act in that situation. Yeah. So... Not knowing how they would act is kind of hard to write it narratively. I'll be 100% honest with you. I have tried to write storylines, and I have written pages upon pages. And I think that I have someone down pegged. Like, I know this is what they're going to do, and they don't do it. Yeah. And then it's like, fuck, I just did all that work for nothing. Have you, have you, I know you, have you experienced that? Yeah, I've experienced that even like, writing like uh just creating the npc and then thinking like all right this and then we're playing and i'm playing that npc and a character will do something that'll like spark an emotion i'm like you know what no fuck that (laughs) (laughs) and then uh i mean that that might like what i what i what you were provoking within that npc and how that npc reacts I mean, it might be someone who's typically extremely calm, not very violent, and then here you guys just come in super disrespectful, mean, and then all of a sudden he's like, all right, you know what? This is a fucking little raging dude. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do something about this. Right? Yeah, we're talking about O'Connor, right? Uh, I guess, yeah, he could be one of them. One, oh, man, we've done it to a lot. A couple. couple. Yeah, well, the the dwarf, the dwarf there in the the dwarf king. Yeah, that one was bad. That was meant to be, uh, like he was meant to be an ally, and then you guys just kept. I don't remember what he did to piss Joey's character. Just off. didn't worship him because Joey was the king. <laughs> yeah, but quote it, unquote the king at the time. But it was like instantly he's like fuck that guy. No, for real, fuck that guy, and I'm like. Okay. Yeah, the passion and the hate that was coming off him felt real. Fair enough. I'm going to kill that guy. I'm like, oh, shit. Why? But, yeah. Yeah, so it's definitely, definitely interesting when you prepare things for players and watch everything unfold. I know. I fucking, I texted Janessa one day. I was like, hey, listen. A part of Kai's backstory is he might have to travel to a moon. Like, am I going to have to change that because he refuses to get on a fucking airship? He's like, she's like, well, you might have to force him to get on the airship, but he would probably travel there. Now, but like, if it's a serious going to, if it's going to be like a serious fight to get your character to go do this, I can change it, and it won't change too much. I just got to change locations. Yeah. But she's like, no, I don't don't know. I think think he'd be able to get him to go. Like, if everybody, like, somebody would be able to convince him to go. And I was like, all right, we'll find out. So that's very interesting with her character. And I want to ask you, it's got to be, I've noticed that people are really sticking with their quirks this time. And we've got some characters with some crazy quirks. We have Kai, who we just talked about, who is afraid of heights. Clean freak. He's a clean freak. He doesn't like anything dirty. And she's playing this really well. I mean, she's doing a phenomenal job. And then you have Sidrus, 
who you can't understand what he's saying unless you can speak draconic. And I don't think there's anybody in our party who can speak draconic, is there? <laughs> Except Sidrus, that's it. I wish I would have picked that up. That would be that would have been nice. Then you have um Dovahkeen, Billy, who is a big in my eyes, smash him, uh, fuck you, kind of, uh... Yeah, but he plays very, like... I mean, he's playing damn near, like, lawful good. Yeah? Like, he's not... He hasn't been super aggressive. I mean, yeah. like, yeah, Billy comes out, right. you know? <laughs> but he, his character hasn't, like, when we did that side thing, he was like, you don't even have to pay me to do yeah. this job. I was just doing it because it was the right thing. Right, and he's playing it as, in his backstory during that war that took place during the Goliaths and the Orcs, like he did some pretty heinous shit. Yeah. So like this is his repentance. Like he's trying to make up for some of the shit that he did. That's why he joined the Screaming Pigeons, and that's why he's trying to be. He's trying to play it more of like a lawful good, lawful neutral. So and I'd say he's been sticking to it pretty well. Yeah, a very. So he's trying to get a redemption arc. It'll be interesting to see. What players push his boundaries. And and then you have, you know, Rango, who is wanting to eat anything and everything he can. And that's hilarious. Quite funny. And then you have Ilias, who is the entertainer. And all attention on him as he waves and flaunts around and kinda tries cool. to seduce people. Kind of clueless, kind of naive. Yeah. Plays more naive than what his character really is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's Vimir, who yep. just wants to steal everything, everything. from everybody. <laughs> yep. So how how do you find DMing all those all that different personalities and trying to keep them together? I mean, I felt like you brought us together really it was very clever how you brought us all together. I liked it. I knew it worked. I knew just throwing you guys in a tavern and being like, Hey, you all need to fucking match up because I know every single one of you yeah. guys would be like yeah, we need to get together, but fuck that. That's not what my character would do. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. And, I mean, I knew that going in, so I was like, all right, well, instead of doing... Because I think before, you guys were all, like, brought back from the dead and yeah. you met with a yeah. god and... <coughs> and then, like... And we give no, no care in the world yeah, about what we were supposed to do. And all the plot hooks that I dropped, I didn't, like, pick up on any of them soon enough, and you guys kind of just... Like, all right, fuck it. We don't care. We're doing this. So I thought, all right, well, yeah. rather than pushing those plot hooks super early, yeah, we'll just start this way. You, you guys can slow burn, fucking mesh in yeah. for a few days. Because it's only been like 20 days. And you yeah. guys have only known each other for like 15 of those. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of a... What four episodes in tomorrow will be five. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and see, you did a nice job. I feel fairly bonded. I I feel like the Kai thing uh, when he tried to rob Vamir, which is what Vamir knows he was trying to do. He's not stupid. Yeah, he might have let it go. Might have brushed it off. Not a thought too much of it at the time. But as he sat and pondered it, you know, and even the talk with Kev up in the, uh, you know, up in or in his room. It, it it it's just kind of something that's resonated with him, and he's he, he knows because he knows how he is, and being that he knows how he is, he assumes that everyone else is the same way. So 
does he really believe that Kai was trying to watch out for watch out for him? No, he doesn't believe that at all. Um, what's Sidrus's take on Vamir? Uh, I give you gold. Yeah, but. I don't actually carry that in a way. I actually just put that in my amnesty box. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, and say I don't really know how to play that because my character is lawful neutral as well, but in terms of, well, well, lawful thinking of a, you know, a gold dragon, if you try to bribe it, it's not going to end uh, end too well. Ah, okay. interesting. Yeah. I mean, it really wasn't a bribe. It was just but, a gift. Yeah. Yeah. But in terms of what he thinks of you, he really only has your personality to go off on, which... He's like, man, he's mm, greedy. <laughs> yeah. He's very greedy. Yeah. Arrogant as well. Arrogant. So what kind of, can you remember what kind of things that Vamir has done for these impressions? Uh, Probably his interaction with the mayor. Yeah? And the mayor, I think there was some stuff traveling to the village. Okay. From the lifeboat. Just, just how he acted. Gotcha. Just overall. The, almost. What do you, huh? what do you say to... Oh, yeah, right when you first met Kev, you're like, this guy's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize he was part of the guild either. Yeah, and then he hid me, slid me that drink, and I had no idea what that was. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not taking that, dude. I don't. I just insulted you. That could be poisoned. Who knows? I've never been to the alibi. I've never been in this town. So, you know, you could... Slip me some, uh, slip me a Mickey, as they say, and the next thing I'd know, I'd either be dead or waking up in some dumpster with my legs broken, and, and who knows? Skull caved in. Vimir may be 19 years old, but he's not stupid. He's seen a lot on the streets. Got any interesting fun facts about Sidrus? got to save that for tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Where do you see him going? Uh, say time will tell. Time will tell. You think he'll yeah. stick with the party or you think he'll venture off? Oh, he'll stick with the party. You're, you're all <laughs> stuck yeah. together now. Yeah, going nowhere. Yeah. Besides getting the main... I guess story hook for me, just get back to the city. Get back to the city. Whatever that holds, but till then, I don't know. I don't don't know what that holds either, guys. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be fun to see. Fun to see where it goes, what happens. And I'm trying to remember the city that I grew up in. Did we select? Do back, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't remember. See, I don't remember either. Try to look it up. I don't know if I have that text stream anymore if we were talking about it. Yeah, I don't think I do either. I think it was on your old phone and all those messages ended up got getting deleted. 
and I had the fun choice of making my own city. Yeah, that would be fun. What yeah. what city did you make? Well, Silver Moon. I've been working on for mm. a while. That's uh, cool. Yeah, when me you and Cam collaborated on. When you guys get there, that'll be all. Uh, that'll be all Dalton's creation. That's yeah. cool. I've. Uh, I mean, I put some. I put a little bit there, but for the most part, whatever that is, that'll be all Dalton. Now, see, it just says I was left to defend for myself in the city streets. It doesn't say what city, so that'll be up to your discretion again. Where Stuff. you? Yeah, where you, what city you want want me to be in? I'm assuming are elves pretty prominent in this in these areas or no? I mean, it's the kingdom that you're in would be predominantly dragonborn. Yeah, but there's a mix of just about every race. So every it, race. It's really hard to target and say like. This area is just this type of race. It's it's pretty well all intermixed. Yeah, yeah. I tried to uh, I tried to mix them in pretty good. Yeah, and you do a good job at displaying that too. It really feels that's that's another issue I always have um, is trying to convey that there are more races around than just humans and elves and dwarves. Yeah, say that's with about Silver Moon. It's primarily humans and elves. Yeah, but it's a Wide variety of <coughs> elves, though. Yeah, because it's got a bunch of dark elves in it, too, doesn't yeah. it? And some others as well. That's cool. Like, honestly, about any elf, technically. See if I can find it. Like that. And honestly, Clark, if you wanted to, you could just make a city. And yeah. Make it your okay. where you grew up, and then that would be, you know, make up whatever shops or whatever, and then when you're in that city, you'll actually, you know, you don't have to ask me like, hey, where's everything? At? You know. Yeah, that's cool. I might actually take you up on that. I'll do that. Yeah. Uh, what what area would the city be in? Uh, you could pick anywhere south of the river. South of the river, anywhere. So gotcha. anything, anything on that bottom half, below that that one river that cuts the whole continent in half. Gotcha. Anything on that southern half. So, is there how many continents are on in this world? Uh, on the big map, there's a continent that you guys are on. There's the northern continent, and then there's a huge eastern continent. And then there's three or four islands that are decent size around, scattered around the place. Gotcha. And um, the world's name, what was the world's name again? Uh, Von Lig. Von Lig. Von Lig. Yep. yep. Very, very cool. Very cool. It's fun. Very immersive. Hopefully you all are enjoying listening to us play. Uh Cam does a phenomenal, phenomenal job. I can't give you enough credit, buddy. Um, I think, Dalton, didn't you say you were going to be DMing the next uh, campaign that we do? Yeah. Now, was you intending on recording that or? Uh, See, so yeah, that's kind of unsure because that would technically be my first time DMing. Yeah. And then uh, on top of that, recording. There's nothing better, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a trial by fire. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, really, honestly, working the Roadcaster Pro 
it's very easy to work. Um, as long as you have a test before you start, and it's not like we're live or anything, so, you know, things can be stopped and, and uh, messed with, you know. But all you got to do on the board is just make sure that your, your levels are up and that people are halfway up with their green bars for the volume. That way, you know, people's sound are coming through correctly. And that's really all you have to do. The rest of it, the imagination takes over. You, ha- you can hook up your phone you and play some music, you know, put people I, in the uh, mood. I look at the green button to make sure it's red. Yeah. And that's about all I do. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do that this time. And we started recording without recording. That's <laughs> why so everything felt so familiar. Yeah. But I'm excited to see you um, DM. Uh, I definitely, Janessa was one that really impressed me. She's got, she's slated after you. So we've got Cam going to DM, Dalton DM, and then Janessa. And she said she's also nervous about the recording part, but, you know, it's it's one of those things you kind of get over. I'm nervous every time we start. Yeah, I told Clark, like, when we started uh, recording our short little episode we did earlier, I was like, dude, I get so amped up and nervous right before I hit record yep. every time. Yeah, for some reason it does that to you. And even when I'm sitting over here, like, I think it's it's not as bad because I'm not the one hitting the button. I hit the button and I got I got to be the first one to talk so that, like, everybody knows that we're recording. So yeah. I'm like, all right, welcome back. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Shit. That's that's kind of like when we first started recording, but we weren't really recording. It was kind of a rocky start there, and uh, even for me to fire up. And then when we come in this time, when we were actually recording, it, it fired up rather quick, and I feel like we were all on to it. But uh, definitely, definitely a warm-up is suggested, and that's something that you don't have the luxury of, though, if you go start going live. But... Eventually, at some point, we'd like to get some cameras in here where you can see the players and see their facial expressions. And some of the faces that people make in here is downright hilarious. It's 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 fun to watch people. It's fun to watch Billy get pissed off when you insult him, and it's it's fun to it's just fun to watch everybody. Tons and tons of fun. I will say that's one thing. Podcasts, like, I watch Critical Role. Yeah. And I listen to our episodes, and I listen to a couple other podcasts. And podcasts that have the video where I watch the video, I can't just listen to it. Yeah. yeah. It's like Critical Role. You get half half of the entertainments, the cast actions, and the shit that they're doing. Yeah. And uh, a couple of the other ones I watch, like, just all the facial expressions and everything. That's That's, like, half of... And then when I'm listening to just a podcast episode, I'm like, yeah, it's good, but I'd rather just sit down at home and watch it than yeah. listen to it. Yeah. yeah. Yep, we're going to get there. Fire up, get some cameras. That's next on our list. Next on our long list to uh, upgrade our setup out here. So here at the Drunken Spear Tabletop Gaming. You guys have anything else crazy you want to talk about? So just going back to Silver Moon for the elves. So there are uh, <coughs> Drow, Moon, and the others. 
Dark elves, sun elves, snow elves, dusk elves. Damn. A lot of elves. Yeah, that's why sometimes I clarify about the dark elves. Is it actually dark elves or drow? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Now, what's the difference between dark elves and drow? Uh, don't ask me. Uh, shit. Say like drow are more underdark. Okay. More of a like like a bluish dark. Yeah. Then. Or purplish dark, I should say. Yeah. Then. Of course, dark elves are a bit lighter than that. So basically, what you're saying is, is you've kind of got it like, uh, like, like black people. You know, you your real, real black people are almost kind of like they've got a purplish tint. Yeah. Oh, you might be. Yeah, we might be. Might be in the wrong category here, but and and then you you know you have your ones that are that are more of a brown. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep, that's definitely. Definitely interesting. Do they have any different attributes, or are they the same? Uh, so I think dark elves are kind of similar to the drow, but in terms of kind of evil line, kind of shady stuff they do. Okay. Kind of like dark arts. Yeah. But I'd say more so is just having the presence of the drow. People not knowing the difference between drow, dark elves, and even the dusk. Gotcha. So is it, um, do they, uh, so one gears more towards evil. Are they like, are, is this like D&D um, beyond? Is this dark elves and drow? Like, like is this like canon? Uh, yeah. Or is this something like, that you've come there... up with? Yeah, it's canon. Just I think earlier editions. I think even farther back as well, because I'm planning on having a Sky Elf as well. Although they're, I think they're named something else in the Elvish. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it begins with an A. Uh, were those the Astro Elves? No, not the Astro. It's like an AV. But so does a dark elf come from a drow and like a high elf mating? Is that how that works? Or no, they're completely different. Okay, completely different. Yeah, different breed of elf. Gotcha. But I think going back in the lore, well, probably D and D or I think Forgotten Realms that the elves did some kind of ritual to call upon Corian. Well, their god. Elvish names, but to basically disown, like, all the drow and what they did. But that targeted, like, other races, or not really races, but the sub-races. Yeah. The Dark Elves. And the dusk elves, where they pretty much turn them into drow. Oh, okay. That's interesting. There are a lot of different sub races to elves. Yeah. 
There are a lot. Especially like you said, going back to older editions, like yeah. I don't even yeah. I don't even try, dude. Are the older editions all on D and D beyond too, or is uh, that just no. just fifth? Just fifth. So Maybe. some elves didn't make the cut then. No. There's a lot of stuff that didn't make the cut from the older editions. Like all the yeah. Dragonlance stuff that they've been bringing up. That's all just like reworked from older editions, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I think so. See, I didn't know that. I did not know that. That is interesting. That'll be fun to get to that moon. You said it's a moon, right? Yeah. Something yeah. on the moon. That will be fun. What what moon do you do you plan on having Kai travel to? Uh the ice moon. The ice moon. And he's got Ken up there or? uh it's got something to do with his backstory and what backstory? happened to his father. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, it'll be fun to see how everybody's backstory pans out and how we find out things and something we touched a little bit on yeah. but we never got to complete. So with us uh taking things a little bit slower, we'll get more time to yeah. flesh some of that stuff out. Yeah. So to kind of tease a little bit here, what do you guys think is going to happen when Vorden and um oh boy Cadmus and Roderick. Roderick and Itrix. Now Itrix will leave. Itrix will end up leaving, taking the girl, um, Rita, and possibly Vorden too. I don't know. Would you stay but you probably would have left, wouldn't you, or would you have stayed? It just depends on the timeline because I see the only way Vorden would get involved is if we try to do my earlier plan when I told the bankers we could win this war within the year if we did it then. But I'm pretty much just here because I don't know what the rest of the party is going to do. Okay. Or what time went in the timeline. So in the timeline, it would basically go back to the forest part where you guys are watching all the soldiers heading to the... uh, um, to the uh, prison camp and you're all standing there and Cadmus is trying to figure out whether or not he's going to help Ruick. Um, That would be where we get back at, where we pop in at. And that's where the timeline would pick up. And that would be the altering moment. So I think that's way too late. Way too late. Yeah. So Vorden would leave at that point. Yeah. So with Vorden leaving, so you would have Roderick... And uh, Cadmus deciding to stay and help you. How how do you think that's going to pan out when we actually get to do this? I don't know because it's going to be that much harder to get inside the castle. See, I've wondered that too. That was a huge reason why I uh, went by myself was because I knew that I could just fly in, come in a window. Yeah, yeah absolutely. If once I won, because that was my original <laughs> intention of that fight. I was just going to fly back out. Yeah. And then uh, things did not go as planned. Right. So. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I don't know how we're going to get inside. 
to do what you need to do. Yeah. It'll yeah. be interesting to see. I'm curious. I, that was some, that's the only thing that I can't figure out. I'm like, man, how are they going to get inside? How are they going to get inside to be able to do what they need to do? Cause you have the manpower to do it. You could kill him, but can you get inside? Yeah. I don't know. That's the big question. We're going to have to wait possibly till next Friday to see. That's kind of a bummer. But I got him down to what half health. I think so. you got him down to eighty hit points, if I'm not mistaken, out of like one forty, <clears throat> one sixty. I don't, I don't remember what he's at. And I had some shitty rolls. Yeah, th- th- when you started out, man, you had some really. Yeah, I had to waste my action surge trying to. Yeah. Because I thought if I could, because I have that disarming shot. I thought if I could get him to disarm the staff within my first two shots. I could action surge and then ran over and use my action to pick up the staff and fuck with the staff. Yeah. And then I thought, I'll just fucking hit him with the staff and I'll just kill him with the staff. See, I still have it as 160. He had it started out with 162 and you took him clear down to 80. So, yeah. yeah. And I had some shit rolls. I had some shit damage rolls. and Yeah. So, if everything would have panned out perfectly, you definitely could have won that. So, well, and then the guards probably would have come <coughs> in. And yeah. If there was more than to, one. I had to worry about that, too. Yeah, the guards would have definitely like ended up Like, when all the guards came running in, and he, I thought, oh, fuck. And then he's like, no, just stay back. I'll handle this. And I was like, all right, maybe I maybe I can do something. Here. Yeah. Yeah, see, that was the big thing. That was our... That was predetermined if one person went Kane would have fought you alone if there was multiple people you would have had to have dealt with a handful of soldiers so that was definitely predetermined that wasn't just something that came up on the fly um no I knew that there was a lot of challenges and risk especially when I was going to have to go to the castle to find him yeah I was like man this is going to be get my long rest in get all my shit back and I'm just going to roll up and unload everything I have in the first wave and hope it up. Right? And it didn't. It did not, and that would have helped. That, <laughs> hell, how much damage are we talking there if you would have hit that first wave? Let's just say you if, did three-quarters of the damage that you total. If total. I did max damage on my first, it's a what, 1D, I think it's like a 1D10 plus 6. So that would have been 16, 32 points of damage in yeah. my first two attacks if I would have rolled maximum without uh crit. Damn. Nice. Yeah. So that would have definitely definitely made an impact. They, I was surprised though with the soul staff because the way the soul staff works and we've yeah, talked about this I before. Got so lucky. OP. It so is OP. So lucky with those rolls when you hit me. I was like, man, fuck. One through ten is a no, just a regular damage. Like you roll, you roll your your uh, your hit dice. See, I'm trying to remember how I had that set up because I don't even remember. I'll have to look it up later. But anyway, one d10, you get a a strike, and I think it's automatic. Automatic. I'm pretty sure is how I had it set. Um, and you get hit with it, and it does a one d6 damage. If you get anywhere from 11 to a 20, it's a automatic, your soul gets sucked out of your body into the staff, and, and it's over for you. Yeah, the staff was definitely designed to be OP. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot. I'm thinking, 
it, it I got it said in uh, the app as the staff of the Magi with a plus six. So you d- he does have to try to hit you with it. So he has to try to hit you with it. If he hits you with it, he rolls a d20. The d20 determines whether or not it's a d6 damage oh, okay. and opposed okay, okay. to um, sucking out your soul. But when he did hit you with it, surprisingly, yeah, it just did hit me, the it damage. Work. But it did do a decent amount of damage. Yeah, it didn't do bad. I took a lot. You hit me with a couple of uh, spells. And yeah. It just killed my health. Yeah, his spells, see, he's got that too. Yeah, he's definitely he's going to be a tough one to beat. Um, I, you could do it though. You guys will be able to do it. We'll have to see if we can't get the what if episode in next Friday if everyone's available. So, anyone have anything else? I want to fight between Ulog and Divot. It's a what if. Yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting. We'd have to do that. And then I'd like to reset Torzak. And fucking that would be fun him too. too. I'm gonna cut his fucking head out. <laughs> Maybe we could do like a <laughs> battle arena too. Everybody take their toughest character Ooh. and have an arena fight. That Set would everybody be fun. To level 15. And yeah, just fucking free for all. Or just take him. Well, you couldn't take Torzak as current. Torzak would have to be reset to where he was. I don't even remember where that was I'll, at. I'll just buff Ulog up to uh, there you Torzak's go. level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that'd be that'd be a deadly fight. Yeah. That wouldn't even be fair. Nope. Yeah. Well, I believe that's all we have for you today. And as always, thank you for listening. And have a wonderful rest of your day. Yep. See you tomorrow. Yep, see you tomorrow. Yep, we get to dive right back into our adventure. And that is exciting. I'm excited to play. I had a blast with you when we played earlier, Cam. I liked that quest. Hell yeah. It was uh, <laughs> a little challenging. Yeah. Yep. Like, are you proficient in investigation? No. History? <laughs> no. Insight? No. <laughs> Can you speak oh, fuck. dwarvish or orcish? No. <laughs> yeah, I, I was stumped, dude. I didn't know what to do there. I was like, we're finishing the quest. What the fuck do I do? Be like, oh, well, you don't know. All right, well, this guy isn't it. I'm going to go frame it. <laughs> it happens. <laughs>